Welcome to Cobras and Fire. I'm your host, Luce Cannon, along with the detoxing Baco. How are you, sir? I am well, and I'm one not to be outdone. What does that mean? Well, you know, you go around breaking your ankle, looking all cool and tough, so I had to break my wrist. <laughs> I should say that uh, you know I'm out of the boot now. Really? Yeah. Did you know? Well, I, I can take my cast off anytime I want. I'll fucking do it. Oh, wow. You can. I didn't know that. <laughs> we'll, we'll get into that. Yeah, so you're, are you running yet? Are you back <clears throat> up to uh, marathon uh, pace? Or? No, what I am is right now I'm, I've moved from the guy that kind of you hear the clonk, clonk. And now what I, what I am is I kind of hunch forward and because when you first take your boot off from broken ankle, you, your, mm-hmm. your foot wants to go out. Okay, so now I look like an extra in Walking Dead, where where you <laughs> one leg is kind of dragging behind and the other one, and I just kind of go, and my kids run. It's fucking awesome. Sounds hot. Yeah, it's pretty hot. But uh, let's enough about about enough about me. Let's let's talk about you, the, uh, <laughs> the the man with the broken wrist. Can we break that down? Um. Yeah. What do you want to know? I broke my wrist. Well, I told you about my slippery socks and revealed. You know, I, we 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 believe in transparency at the Cobras and Fire Company. So come on, <laughs> there's nothing to hide for our for our audience. Come on, mine's embarrassing. Well, and mine's embarrassing as stay, fuck. You, I think. I don't know. You, it, it's, I might equal you, but um, you and I might want to avoid stairs for I don't know the remainder of our life. <laughs> Uh, apparently <laughs> that's, uh, that's the kryptonite in our life. Cause, uh, yeah. Um, I, I, but it was not, uh, yours is hardwood with socks. Mine nope. is carpet, Mine's carpet and barefoot carpet, carpets, carpet. Oh, yours stairs. is carpet. Yeah. Mine was a carpeted stairs with, with champion slippery socks that I burned in the backyard. That's the summary. Okay. Yes. Well, I was barefoot, but, um, really, although I didn't, I didn't really slip as much as I like. Made an evasive move that didn't work. Um, I didn't really get down the steps as much as I, I. I was basically turning in the hallway at the top of my steps because I uh, I realized I was going to get one more thing. Uh-huh. And as I did that, I put all my weight down where there was no step. And apparently I was out far enough that I was the, the my other foot, the inside left one, just kind of whipped right off the edge. And I... Just went went straight down like a fucking sack. Of yeah, and then I laid there. At, at first, I thought my hip took most of the damage, but so I, and I don't even remember what I went up there for. Honest to God, I, 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 Amy was at work, and I'm like, "This is how it ends." You know? <laughs> <laughs> I, home thought- alone, got a cat crawling over me. <laughs> yeah, within well, about a, 15 well, but- minutes, I got up and. Iced the uh, the wrist and hip for a couple hours, and it was clear I had to go to urgent care. So, uh, uh, did I appear in your thoughts? <laughs> Almost immediately, <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Uh, and it, I was like, I was, I was actually like holding out hope too. That I mean, you should have seen the 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 eight ball that was under the skin on my wrist. Uh, and I'm sitting there looking at this thing, going like, man, it might just be a sprain, you know, just so I don't have to have an X-ray. That because uh, I remember, you know, you sent me yours. Um, yeah. But no, it was a it was a fracture. I, I had surgery. Earlier this week, they gave me some oxy to Ooh, cut the pain for nice. a couple days. I get, yeah, I didn't get any oxy. They uh, um, they numbed my arm up to the point where I couldn't move it or feel it. And we're at Target, 
uh, getting you know just uh, some rations, uh-huh. uh, you know, because I'm the the, the sole uh, uh, driver around here. I'm I'm gonna be drugged up, so I have to do it while b- before I get start taking this stuff. So some rations to keep me you know afloat for a couple days, and then also pick up my prescription. And as as I'm just kind of standing there waiting for Amy to pay for everything, I notice that my arm is now out of the sling, and just flopping around like a noodle. <laughs> And it, it was really unnerving. I'm like, what is going on? I'm never going to feel, you know, you know, the, a woman's ass with this hand again. <laughs> That's right. You know, they have the, they have a move um, called The Stranger. <laughs> have you heard of The Stranger? <laughs> yeah. When you say yeah, it was... Okay. Uh, well, I guess our audience, our audience is probably already deviant enough to understand what that is. But no grip, though. I mean, I, I no grip. Though. Yeah, I thought about that, too. And I'm like, what a waste. <laughs> OK, good. But yeah, I was really surprised that, that when you told me that you fell down the stairs barefoot, because I figured just the sweat, the hair and the seeping pus coming out of your your feet would have kept you uh, gripped. <laughs> oh, the hair. I don't, the know. Pus. I don't know. I, I haven't oh, seen it. But I only God. I only assume. But um, yes, I have very callousy man feet. They're they're like a like a well-polished piece of wood on the bottom. You, you can just walk over like gravel driveways, no problem, right? <laughs> yeah. I can slide down the carpet like Tom Cruise in his socks in Risky Business. You know? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I think when when you announced this to me, I was like, okay, so I've got one good, I've got one good leg. You've got one good arm. We are the Def Leppard of podcasting. Yes? <laughs> yeah, that was one thing you came back at me with. I, and you were the one who actually brought up the stairs as like if we're a superhero. Yeah. The stair, the stairs monster coming at us. Oh my god! Or nemesis, or or kind of like the Duke boys, you know, Coy and Vance. <laughs> That's Coy and Vance <laughs> when they're being when they're being chased by Roscoe, and as soon as they cross the county line, they can just slam on the brakes and look back. And and so for us, the county line, if we're chasing somebody, yeah. they just go down some stairs, and we have to stop. <laughs> we just stare down the stairs. Damn it! No. We're so close. Foiled again. Next time. And they just wave at us from down the stairs. <laughs> See you later. Coin bastards. Vance at the bottom of the stairs. Ah. <laughs> That's good. Uh, or if we were uh, going to the super- superhero thing, uh, one last one. I don't know if you have one too, but you know, if we were in that nope. movie Unbreakable with Bruce Willis, do you remember that movie? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Both of us would play the roles of Mr. Glass. What do you say? <laughs> we're like uh, Siamese Samuel Jackson twins. <laughs> That's right. They have a sequel. Because it's 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 uh the, yeah his nemesis is two very brittle podcasters. <laughs> anyway, you want to move forward from here? But uh, absolutely, I'm looking forward to, to seeing you. I might just bring the boot to Rock and Pods though, just to to, to ham it up and and we just we're you know because you're gonna have the cast still, yeah. No, it comes off uh, next Tuesday. Damn it. Um, uh, yeah, all I have is a splint, um, and then I'll be in a soft cast, I think, till the end of, end of July. So, uh, But, you know, I'll save it if you want, and then we can just kind of you know, gimp around and look cool and tough in the parking lot or something. That's what I'm we saying. We can show those heavy metal parking lot film fuck something. Oh, yeah! That's going to be great. <laughs> I mean, that in between some of the things we have planned. We've actually we've, we've got a whole... Um, we talked to a whole uh, lighting company, um, a hologram <laughs> company. Uh, we're getting quotes and everything like that. So our presentations could be pretty, pretty fucking incredible, don't you think? I, I never heard back from you though. Are are you uh, are you green lighting the punching booth where people pay money to punch us in the face? Oh, absolutely! <laughs> it's like a kissing booth, except there's 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 punch. You just punch us right right directly uh, 
uh, cock punches or face punches? Which one? I would say whatever. Uh, we, we could have like different tiers, like, you know, uh, $1 you get to, to slap us. Five, if <laughs> uh, if it's five bucks, we'll look smug before you do it so you can actually slap the smug off our face. <laughs> you, go like, you go like this, but you have to say, you have to list your transgressions with us before you do it. You have to, you have to just kind of look, you're like, this is for making fun of blocking his meat throwing addiction. Oh, right in the cock. Yeah, we want to know what it was. Right. At least we want to. Know. I mean, there's so many reasons we have it coming. I just would like we a know. Know, case by case it's basis a, have it. Uh, we can even keep score, see what's you know leading. So I think it's. Yeah. And, and I, I had kind of a long chat with Ken Mills yesterday. Maybe he'll uh, be one of them <laughs> stepping in line to straighten us uh, knuckleheads up. This is for your comment about how the fucking monkey. <laughs> oh my lord, the monkeys. Anyway. So uh yeah, so what are we doing here today? What have I forced you into? Well, you um you we talked for about two minutes yesterday and then we decided we were doing a show. You you sent me a list of about seventy three songs. <laughs> And said, yeah, let's just chat. See how it goes. So I have no idea what we're doing, man. Well, I think we're doing very well already. So, yeah, so today uh, it's been really, really difficult for Baco and I to get together. I think it's almost been, we always say this on the show, but I think it seriously has been a month. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, Because we banked a ton for a while. The entire, I mean, the week back was all just you know me feeling sorry for myself and going to the doctor every day oh that's true that's true you were so, you were in a state of mind so yeah i'm hoping i'm still I'm, pissed I'm, I'm, I'm sure you are and we I, we want we uh you know everything in, in life happens for a reason and and your reason for falling down those stairs and breaking your <laughs> wrist was to bring some some piss and vinegar of equal quantity uh to the to the show today what do you say yeah it must be that because i'm so short of that typically <laughs> So extra piss vinegar, <laughs> extra super extra, sauce, a little extra piss. But yeah, I, I just I had put together, you know, I put out that that ripe rock episode and just you know I just felt compelled to put some rock out there, which made you very angry. And yeah, and some of the songs in the list too. It's like they I don't they some most of them have like the song title then the artist, so a couple the other other way, and then there's some that only have one or the other, and I'm not sure if it's a new band or a song. I don't know. <laughs> well, those are my notes. So, mm-hmm. but, but yeah, man, so I figured I do all, the, I would do the work here. And uh, w- once we have more time to actually come up with a real theme, this is kind of like, I, I called it, I, I recorded some bits by myself and I didn't like it because it needed the baco. It needed the, the, the special spice. And, and I essentially just wanted to do kind of a rip on loud, drunk, and angry from our spirit animal, Rob Kern, Correct. Correct. Who will not, unfortunately, be at the Rock and Pods Expo. So it was kind of our tribute. He's been. If you are new to the show, go back. His show has been featured on our podcast stream. It's kind of a, a featured guest at least three times, I believe. And where can you find his show? Uncontrolled Noise is that Uncontrolled Noise Radio Network? And uh, Corey Harker, hello. <laughs> oh yes, and is it any, somewhere else too? Because I thought that you did. Like, he was doing like the live. Uh, but you can only get it live still, right? You can't get it on demand. Um, you know, that's, that's the problem. Is I, it's hard for me to keep up. I, I love only the listen show, to but... it when it's live. Uh, yeah, okay. And, and so that's why I don't, I don't really catch every episode. But uh, right, right. Wish there was a double. There's a lot thing. of great rock and roll is all. Exactly, and how he does it is he does three songs in a row. He does triple shots from three different three different artists, and he'll kind of set up the first song, and then the next two are 
you know, you're in the, it's a mystery. It's a surprise. And then he'll come back. If you ever it. listen to the radio, it's a lot like that. <laughs> it is a lot like that. Hey, Lord, you're, you're talking about it. Like he built the great wall to keep the, the cons out of China. I moved some stuff around. Why don't you pick one for the leadoff song? Oh man. All right. Um, because well, I'm going to sub out my, my one that I had down here because I'm using it for something else. Yeah, okay. Um, how about I can play that rock and roll by Joe Walsh? Okay. So what, what do you want to say about that? Anything? Uh, I fucking love it. It's a great song, and it's uh, it's basically uh, my uh, my life story.
All right, so that was Joe Walsh with, what was the title again? Lock and play that rock and roll. Yeah, I I don't own any complete Joe Walsh albums, but it's like I have, uh, did you say you did or did not have Analog Man with uh, Lucky That Way, that track that I, I don't think I've ever played on the show. Do you have that? His one no, I checked it out on um, uh, your your streaming service, Spotify, shortly after you and I talked about it. It was all right. Yeah, that one song's good. Uh, Lucky that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but <clears throat> which like full albums do you recommend? Or are you greatest hits um, guy? Boy, none of them. I yeah, I, okay. I have a couple on vinyl. Like, what's the one with "Life's Been Good"? It's a weird title. That, they're all bizarre. Yeah, they're all kind of weird titles with him. Uh, but there's a double disc anthology that has everything I like. You know, it covers his James Gang hits and stuff. Um, but I've I've never I've only owned I think because what's I can't even remember what the one that that the song I just played is off of. But I own the I still have the vinyl of it. You know, it's just I don't know. He's so. Um, He's he's all over the place typically on his solo stuff. Plus, you know, during the eighties he was pretty fucked up. So. Oh yeah, it was very odd. Like all the titles and everything like that when I've gone through his discography, I'm like, that's just so scattered. But then when he hits, oh my god, it's spectacular, right? Yeah, no kidding. So and that was followed up with I'm So High, uh, by Nashville Pussy. Excellent name. And this is a band that's a kind of I think I discovered it through, uh, appropriately enough, Loud, Drunk and Angry, because he he played that, uh, Blaine mm. Cartwright and also Nine Pound Hammer. You ever heard of them? It's kind of an offshoot. No, they have. I can't remember a couple of songs by them too, but they're really good. And, and this is a. a, a <clears throat> I've had this compilation album called Ten Years of Pussy," and it's has I guess kind of their choice cuts. They have no hits, obviously, from the last uh, right. decade and whatnot. But that one's really good. You've ever seen them live before? Yeah, a couple times. Uh, I saw him open for Motorhead. Huh. Oh, man. This is back when they still had that uh, basketball player's sister. Cherokee Parks' sister was in the band. And she was like seven feet tall in the new fire. <laughs> I thought there was like two. Isn't there two chicks in the band? Or yeah, no? okay. the lead guitar player is a chick, too. I think she might be married to Blaine. I, I believe you're correct. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, Reuter, I believe, was her name. I, I, I'm sorry, I can't remember Cherokee Parks' sister. <laughs> no problem. That, that's fine. It's accept. It's acceptable. But yeah, and, and it, just so you know, they're actually from Atlanta. And do you know why they have the name Nashville Pussy? A little fun fact for you. Let's hear it. Okay, it's actually part of the stage rap. This, this is. And speaking of stage raps, we'll get into that in a little bit. But it's part of the stage rap from. Uh, Double Live Gonzo before Wang Dang Sweet Poontang by, by Ted Nugent, which he says something to the effect of, like, oh, look at all this nice Nashville pussy, and here's a song. <laughs> sweet Dang Poontang Sweet Dang. So I liked him better before I knew that. You liked you liked Nashville <laughs> Pussy better before you knew that? <laughs> and now I hate their name. <laughs> uh. not, a, not a Nugent fan either? Um, let's not get into Nugent today. Another episode. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, you talking politics or are you talking for his, his, uh, his music? Well, he's both? an idiot politically. It has more to do with other stuff. That's so I, I, I'd love to hear about it. To, it sounds like a good, that? it sounds like a good 15 minute rant at some point. So we'll, we'll yeah, we could have some fun runner. with it. Um, and we can even, even play one of his fucking songs, but, uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, his politics don't bother me because he's he's not smart enough politically to give a whole lot of time to. It's more of the other shit. I hear you. All right, all right. 
So you might as well listen to me talk politics. Let's move on. You want to, you want to read some more Donald Trump tweets yeah, using um, <laughs> whose voice? What were we doing? Yeah, I really nailed that accent. I listened to that back. That's I'm like, terrible, Geez. terrible. Yeah. That's why I, I and it, which is odd because typically I really nail impressions. So <laughs> you uh, do, you do. You're spot on on them normally. <laughs> but yeah, so hey, did you notice the uh, guest vocalist on that track? Of course, Danko, our uh, our maid of honor That's at our wedding, That's our great. civil union. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Uh, we'll play. We'll play. We'll play. Uh, uh, I think of bad thoughts before we go down the aisle together. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's beautiful. Beautiful. So let's go into it. Um, you want to let's let's get a a you know our trademark. Our our we need a rant. We need a real rant to kick the show off after those three songs. So what do you want to talk about? Well, you 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 teased the audience the last time we talked. I about did. The, uh, the Chris Jericho interview with with Paul Stanley. Like, I think it's the second or third time on the show. But they were talking about the 25th anniversary of Revenge. And it sounded like you kind of had something you needed to get off your chest. And I went back and listened to it again today just to kind of remind myself. But Man, I, there was some classic Paul moments in there. There really is. Um, my, and it's it's been a month almost since I've heard it. So why don't you... Th- I, I'm pretty sure you'll jog my memory on this, but in I, you want to give me my you want me to give you my general overview. What kind of protrusion yeah, about? Let's it? start with that, and then we can get into specifics. Sure. So, a couple things. First, I have to give props for <laughs> for Jericho for not being the Byron Allen of podcasting and going in there and actually asking him some fucking questions that made him that obviously made Paul feel a little uncomfortable. Yes. Yeah, but he always backs away from the follow-up. He but does. Yeah, I, he does. But also, yeah. he's also in a situation socially, uh, social norms, which puts him at a disadvantage. And that is that Paul does not come to his house. He has to go to Paul's house. Right? Mm. Yep. That is a power move. To bring him to your place, huh? Huh? So the power move is to bring somebody to where you are. Yeah, because when you're in somebody's home, you're usually not a dick to them. Versus, mm. if you come to, if you go to Howard Stern's studio, you're in his house, and if you don't like how the interview's going, get the fuck out. See, there is devious. A, yeah, you you don't think so? No, I agree. Okay. Never thought about it though. Okay, I mean, you're usually not a total uh, shithead to the host that's that's brought you into their home. So, <laughs> at least uh, that's that is social norms. I'm not saying that you do that. I'm just saying that's social norms. So <laughs> I get it. Yeah. So there was that. Um, yeah, he did definitely move move past it, but. Um, I guess what it is is what I realized in summary is at one point I was a Paul guy. I was it was both, but I think what it was is I really bought into the thing that Paul was for the good of the band, and mm-hmm. and that Gene was the the charlatan or whatever like that, the carnival barker, and all this kind of stuff, and that that Paul always wants what's right and everything like that. And now it's come to. to full circle to me through his book and specifically for this interview actually that realizes that this guy is a fucking nightmare to work with at, exactly. at all times I, I, and the fact that 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 everybody that's ever worked with him no matter what has had to w- walk on eggshells for 40 plus years go ahead 
100% agree. If you remember, I think it was last year for Kissmas in July, I wrote that kind of devil's advocate article about who saved Kiss, every, and I purposely left out Vinnie Vincent. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, I, I basically gave, you know, gave reasons why all these people would be. And one of the things I said about Gene was one of the ways he saved Kiss was by letting Paul do whatever the fuck Paul wanted to do. At And as big as Gene's ego is, when it comes to things that, like, musicians typically have egos about, that guy has none. He does not care about credit, attention. He doesn't want to have the first song on the record. He doesn't care if his songs are the singles. Can I, can I stop you on that part? Yeah. That was what really drove it home for me. Yeah, he talked about where Paul talked about basically conceding to Gene's kind of ego by letting him have Domino, which, by the way, hands down, the right choice for the lead single on that record. I thought Unholy was, uh, Unholy was the lead single. Or Unholy, that's what I meant, not Domino. Yeah. Uh, and the first song, you know what I mean? It was the best way to open that record. It's the best song to, to, to lead as a single. And for Paul to to act like somehow he was doing Gina fucking favor, you know, because you know we all loved fucking Crazy Nights, Paul. You know, it, just it, he's so fucking petty. Now, when you're talking about let's say picking a single, now for for ten years there was I Love It Loud in '82, and then Unholy in '92, and the rest of all of Kiss's singles were Paul Stanley songs. Mm. What was that? Um, was was that you guys all decided together? Record company decision? How did you feel about that? About breaking your streak of Paul um, Stanley singles? <laughs> I, I I think maybe it was necessary for some people, in a sense, to say Gene's back. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't my favorite moment, <laughs> <laughs> but everything can't be to my plan. Mm-hmm. But you also have to know when. Um, something may not make you happy, but is probably the right thing to do. I could think of other songs on there that I would have rather had out, but I think it was very strong. I thought the video made a real point, and it was probably more important for Gene to reclaim some sense of self after his um, deviation to... uh, Linda Richmond or, or Coffee Talk, which is old Saturday Night Live. <laughs> coffee Talk amongst yeah. yourselves. Yep. Golden Girls. Yep. <laughs> Be Arthur look, you right? And I, I should talk. You know, <laughs> hey, let's put feathered earrings on and <laughs> yeah. let me let me put a little bit more eye makeup on. But I think it was it was really important. Gene was looking really good mm-hmm. and was really focused. And uh I think that needed to take precedence over some other things was to say you know he's he's back when you mentioned there's other songs out there would you have chosen to be the first single if it was up to you well i mean singles weren't singles in the sense that we expected them to be hits Mm -hmm. on on the radio but um i always veer towards my songs Mm -hmm. because i just find them more accessible more melodic so i'm not surprising anybody by saying you know I just want it could have been Heart of Chrome. Wow, as 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 the first single from the record. Yeah. I could not believe that. And and there's no way that this some of it I think is like he got sick of Gene getting attention while he did what he deemed more quality, more consistent and you know, he's like I showed up on time and Gene he's like mad that cuz he's the guy who was always on time but Gene gets to leave early. My main thing about it was the fact that he is like, well, you know, 
uh, Bob Ezrin again uh, uh, controlled who what, what's I guess that was the single that went first or or the record company or whatever and, and he was the, the the fact that he was actually angry about putting out the best song arguably on the album first something mm-hmm. that obviously was a uh, in between the video the image everything completely tied into it for him to be like well it should have been Heart of Chrome I like Heart of Chrome. But the, the but for that sure. for him to say like I that should have been the first one or that's what I wanted to be on the lead off track what a little bitch we were just I I guess we were just appeasing somebody yeah, I you know I, like fuck off you, you you prick I mean how many times are you appeased because you know and by the way um, Domino was supposed to be the the next single but they went with uh, every time I look at you guess why. Uh, because it, somebody's feelings would have been fucking hurt, and, and it's just, the way I and I think that killed the fucking record. There's a couple things on that. The order that I remember, and it is possibly wrong because we're not we're not all about facts here. We're all about alternative facts. Mm-hmm. And we have a we have a guy, yeah, we have for, a guy that. for that. He'll he'll <clears throat> he'll be sending us a letter. Uh, yeah, let me hear it. The uh, order I remember. I know is, Domino is was unholy, and then I remember it was. Uh, 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 fa, forget about you, or what is the song? Sorry. Yeah, I just oh, wanna. wanna, and then it was Domino, and then it was. I know that that the ballad was the last one. I'm thinking, uh, I just wanna is the song yeah. I'm thinking of. All yeah. I know, a Paul track got shoved up correct, ahead of Domino, correct. and that was a bad choice. It should have gone okay. Domino next too. I didn't think I just wanna was a bad track, no. but just the idea that like, because Domino, I think it was a better single yes. too. I mean, it's just like that. that as far as I mean. This is where Kiss fans get their fucking panties in a bunch. They want to debate what song they like the best as if that's what it, we're talking about. Take your, your fucking opinion out of this because the, 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 those two songs on, on a big picture, if you're in the, in, in the industry and you're working at this stuff and you're thinking these are singles I can sell, those two are the strongest tracks on the record, and I'm saying Domino and Unholy. Absolutely. And, and by the way, uh, Domino, if, it, it, there is a classic rock station in my hometown that never played Kiss. They played Domino consistently for like two or three years to the fact that I, I thought, oh, this was a really big album for them. And it wasn't, but it was, but it seemed like it. And it was fit very well into the format of their station. Yeah. Gonna, I, I totally agree. You could sell that song as we can fit in here. It does not really feel out of place, right? And then he, he on the I Just Wanna thing, did you like how he acted like nobody's ever heard the Summertime Blues song? Yeah, I... I uh, He's like, I know it. You probably don't. He, the fuck are you talking about, who. Paul? Well, actually, but, you know, it, the, the, I think the other version is more popular than the Who version. And it's just, it's like an iconic classic song. My God, I knew that before I knew Kiss. Yeah, it's yeah. It, 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 the whole thing is bizarre. I'm just trying to think of something specific, but it was just pretty much like it, it put everything in perspective. Where at first I was like, "Oh, this is kind of cool. He's fighting against the Rock and Hall Hall Fame." But no, I think he's. I think he's just crazy. I think he's absolutely lost his mind. Where he just thinks everybody is out to get him, and then he looks at things completely. I think in in. Um, instead of rose tinted glasses, they're just turd tinted glasses. Where it's just, <laughs> yeah. they just exactly. yeah. everything everything is just a horrible uh, uh, conspiracy against the Star Child. That that's it's just very odd. I think he's it, had a chip on his shoulder since since a, a childhood, and, and as much as he likes to brag about 
Hey, I, I, you went to therapy because when something's broken, you want to fix it. You haven't hey, fixed it, it. Therapy ain't working, Paul. No. All right, and clearly, because you are more bitter and angry now at, at the end of the race that you won. Yeah. I, I, mean, I, I just come on, get get back to visiting your puss and cheer the fuck up, right? Yeah, no doubt. It was a very bizarre uh, listen, but but again, that's, entertaining. Yeah, that's but uh, with that said. Let's go to something that I know is your favorite track. You've been playing it all the time, and that is this new uh, compilation of, of Paul Stanley raps uh, put to some to, put to some electronic dance music. Yes, you love it. Uh, this is one of those things that why I hate being so known as a Kiss fan. No, this is fucking stupid and garbage. And here it is. With that, Baco has completely sold it. Uh, I know you're going to strap in for a great listening, listening, uh, listening party to, in your ears. So let's do this, people. You are beautiful. Look at yourselves. Oh man. All right, then listen. You know.
Alright kids, so that was Paul Stanley with the EDM track that Baco is going to have thumping in his uh, in his uh, Kia Safari um, going to work tomorrow on the 4th of July. Do you work on 4th of July? I do not. Okay, no. good, good. Um, and then it was Trucker Diablo with I Want to Party With You, which I know, I don't think you've heard, but I, on the playback, I think you're going to highly enjoy that one. Definitely. No, I checked all these songs out. That one wasn't bad. Okay. And then, that's kind of a little Bastards of Young start to it, I thought, uh, from the replacement. I'll have to hear that to compare. And then we've got the just a random single that one of your bands, one of your songs, your Songs of the Summer by Gloria Sons last year was Heavy. Yes? Mm-hmm. Yep. And this is just a random single they put out called Kill the Lights. And I featured this mostly just just to just really appreciate the fact that, you know, they say that rock stars aren't responsible, but this, he says, you know, basically we can't fuck tonight. I've got to work a double tomorrow. You got to respect that, right? Yes. That's uh that's, that's a very, um, I got nothing. That's, that's great. <laughs> you gotta respect that. I respect that a lot. I mean, listen, he's got, <laughs> sure, whatever. He's got, I mean, look at that. That's Canadians for you. They're Canadian. Yeah, it's, some of the girls I've dated might've worn them out enough and it's, I'm not even going to bother with it. Let's just fuck it. Okay, fine, fine. So, um, anyway, what else do you want to talk about? What, what's next? Yeah, you're up. What do you got? Man, well, yeah, we didn't really touch on this with your, your injury. We went through your injury, but we didn't really go into how it's really affecting us at the Rock and Pods Expo. <laughs> now, I, hadn't, I was not aware it was. Well, it is because you broke what, what? What wrist is it again? Left wrist. Left wrist, right? And and uh, as promised, we talked about that. One of the things we're going to do is we're going to give out our embroidered jerk socks. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. And you promised to have two hundred pre-filled before the show <laughs> and everything like that. And now with this wrist injury, I think your production, I think you've made it to a hundred filled jerk socks so far. So you're halfway there, but right now, I mean, how is your, how is your, uh, a production? Yeah, it's taking a dip and this is gross. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you have claimed yourself to be the Peter North of podcasting. So I've heard that you can fill five at once. Is that correct? Um, you know, I'm not sure where that came from, but I'll take it. <laughs> All right. So um, anyway, if you could just give us an update on your Mangu production, we'd appreciate it sometime uh, uh, next episode. You know, as long as you can show up with your 300, we'll be okay. 300? Are you kidding me? I use my feet and my leg is is, is broken. That's a different kind of stranger. (laughs) Okay, fair enough. So um, now that we've discussed it, our entire audience, what do you you want to you want to play some Judas Priest? <laughs> yeah, why not? I, I I hate the fucking song you picked here too. So let's do it. God damn! I'll tell you what. I'll give you an audible. What you want to replace it? You want to replace it with no, something else? No, I I. I you have no I'm juice. not a big British Steel fan, honestly. That record. Well, does not grab. Do a lot for what me. about? I'll tell you what. I had picked just to, to give everybody a little uh, look look behind the curtain. I had picked Steeler, which I. I like it. There's a closer on British Steel, but I'll tell you what. Uh, how about you pick something off of, um, you know, Screaming for Vengeance? How about a little, uh, let me see here. It's it's yours. This is, a, this is a democracy. We're working together. It's teamwork. Play Turbo Lover. You want that? Yeah, I like that song. I like that song, too. That's fine. Turbo Lover, kicking it off. Mangu. 
in the day I dedicated my life to becoming a big rock and roll star <laughs> Right, so that was a little Turbo Lover, which uh, I think that's, um, <clears throat> isn't that going to be the, the live version going to be on, on a repeat at our bar when we finally come out with our, <laughs> is it that's yes. the live? Yeah, that's that's going to be a yes. good one, I think. That and, uh, what, what are some other ones, DVDs, live DVDs we want to have in a loop with that one? Or just that? 
Well, it just has to be only that. No, um, <laughs> shit. I don't know. I, of course, I want a um, a screening room that is only uh, for Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park. Oh, yes. Perfect. Excellent. Always empty. Um, let's see. <laughs> Always great seating. Baco just sitting yeah. there with his popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> Where is everybody? The, the scene's fucking great. You got to check this part out. That black dude is ace. <laughs> Okay, so and then it was follow, we followed up Turbo Lover with Gonna Walk by Faster Pussycat off of the one great album they had, Wake Me When It's Over. And, that song's uh, pretty good. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? I like that song, yeah. Um, that's a, that, I agree. We've talked about that. That's their best record. Um, that would not be one of my probably five favorite on the record, but no, whatever, it's good. It's just all of a sudden it popped up in shuffle, and I was like, this is one I kind of forgot about, but it's still a good groove. So I'm like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick this one. And, Sounds good. And the, I'm trying to think of, what is it now? You know what? I think Faster Pussycat is one of those bands that is, might be a hint of a future episode, but a band that's perfectly rated. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. You know, somebody says, oh, they're underrated. They were like the second tier Guns N' Roses. It could have really hit it big. No. We should really get into that. We talked about that. That would be a fun episode because uh, you and I think almost nobody's over underrated. <laughs> yeah, nobody's underrated pretty much. And that, that is going to be a future episode. I, can we just kind of riff on your King's X post? Can we talk about sure. that briefly? Um, yeah. A perfect example. And it was a good discussion I had and had some feedback from your, your buddy Wilson out here in Denver. And that is that... You know, just like UFO, you're told you must listen to this band and they're underrated and they should have been huge. Yeah. You listen to them and you're like, no, these are perfect. They're perfectly rated. Yes, this is. Their- yeah, and it's not a shot. I actually no. enjoy King's X, but. And, 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 and with the King's X thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't have that big of a problem with them, but, you know, and on a very different sense sound-wise, but, I, like, they're almost like Tool or even Slayer, where I just got to be in the right frame of mind for it. You know, I can put on Kiss almost any time. You know, there's certain bands that just kind of fit almost any mood, um, but King's X isn't one of them. And, and sometimes, and it's not just their fans. If, there's been times where the members of it have talked about disappointment and how their career went. And I would argue they were given way more opportunities than they actually earned. They were a very unique and different and by design. I mean, that guitar player went out of his way to sound like nothing like anybody else's. And I'm just talking about his guitar tone. You throw in his playing, which is, you know, very unique. You have a black Seven foot tall singer with a blonde mohawk who is an exact and by the way, fabulous singer. Um, and and from all I hear, and really nice guy too, by the way. Uh, but doesn't really fit the 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 the, um, the profile of what people are gonna in mass consume, and they act like they don't understand why they didn't become Def Leppard. It's like, well, I, I don't know what you want, okay? Their type of music is geared towards the super fan. Not 20,000 people in an arena, okay? And they had, what, six major label records? 
and not one of them sold. It's like you think by the fourth one, the record company would have been like, ah. Eh. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they didn't get a ton of push, but you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I really, I mean, the, the couple of their videos I thought were great. Over my head was a cool track. Um, oh, what's the other one? Black Flag I thought was kind of a, a neat tune. There's another one I'm just I'm striking out on. Sinzak will uh, he'll chime in and uh, set us straight at some point. Well, I like I liked your post though about 83 bands better than <laughs> than uh, than King's X, where all it was was you pulled out your CD collection and just started going <laughs> alphabetically and stopped at the letter M. And you're like, there you go, I'm done. Yeah, in theory there could be twice as many. Yeah, that's only half the alphabet. That's but correct. Yeah, I mean, well, that was because I saw a list. It was like one of those like 100 best hard rock bands. Um, because my, I actually wrote an article about overrated, underrated bands, and and they were one of them. And I I commented that I saw that they were eighty three on this list of like greatest hard rock bands by Rolling Stone. And I'm like, yeah. there are easily eighty three better bands than this, at least for this category. Exactly. You know, it's like, yeah, I really like uh, Ozzy, Poison, and King's X. <laughs> what um do you do you remember anything off Dog Man? You want to play something? I never listened to Dogman. You, you and Wilson are the Dogman experts. Oh, really? Okay. Well, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll I think we'll play something in, in tribute to your boy Wilson. But we'll, we'll not do a triple shot. We're here. We're gonna play. Uh, mm, I'm gonna leave it as a surprise. But um, it's gonna be one of the first four tracks. Here you go, kids. Here's, here's, <laughs> okay. here's some kick sacks. <laughs>
Well, that's pretty cool. We play some King's X right after basically uh, demoralizing them and stripping them <laughs> naked and, 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 and hosing them down uh, with uh, oh, delousing powder. Yes, delousing powder. I didn't think we were going to say delousing powder on the show, but we did. Nice job. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, anyway, uh, you were. Um, this is one of your favorite producers, right? Yeah, I was saying that I think that one of the reasons I like this King's X album, and it's not probably a typically loved one by them, is it's produced by Brendan O'Brien, who I think is one of the greatest sonic engineers, at least. I'm not sure as a producer as far mm-hmm. as bringing everybody's best stuff out or not, but okay. it, as far as this, just the the sonics that he brings to albums, I mean, you can't really dispute that as far as the sounding of the albums sound of it no no and then um you you recently sent me that uh that pearl jam 10 anniversary uh where he did like a just a complete stripped down remix not like a remaster like from the bottom up like basically what bob ezrin promised with destroyer but didn't deliver and it was i mean it was orgasmic. It was life changing. It was like hearing that record for the first time. Yeah, man. I, I that came out in I think two thousand eleven. Yeah, I think it came out twentieth. I think it was, it was. Yeah. Yeah, it was the twentieth anniversary edition of it, I believe. And most of those things are just horseshit, you know, just across the board. Yeah. When when those anniversaries come out, they just throw some two live tracks and they uh, basically make it louder. And they, they I would love to see more of this kind of stuff, especially with my favorite band, Kiss. Uh, just go back and... But don't Lucas it, okay? Leave the original as it is. That's, I don't I, I don't mind that with the Destroyer, that they kind of made it its own little project. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I like that. And just like this Pearl Jam, the, the original version still exists. They didn't throw it in the garbage can, you know? No. But this was so fun to listen to as, as, you know, as a musician, as a fan, as someone who dabbles in, in home recording. It's just amazing to the, the sonic. It, it, it's out of the world. It's it just you hear so many things you didn't hear before. Never heard the it. drums. Heard it. My God, it yeah, was like it's like you're hearing it for the first time. I don't know what whatever track besides this going on on about this. What about um, is there a specific track you want to feature? Yeah, let's play the opening track. There's some stuff right at the beginning you'll hear for the first time uh, once.
anyway, this is random. We, we, it, typical of Cobras and Fire, I want to do a theme where we're doing triple, shot, triple shots and everything, and we're just having conversation, and it's going different directions, which is... Uh, oh, you meant triple shots of songs. I've been sitting here with a bottle of Jaeger all night, uh, doing my best to rock and run Runyon impersonation. And the Jerk Socks triple shots. Yes. Yeah. Production. Keep it going, please. We don't want to disappoint our fans. But uh, we've got... Yeah, so that was uh, a great example. It is... If you hear this... And the the, pre, the original ten though it's just flat in comparison. Wouldn't you Very say? Very much so. Yeah. Um, and, and speaking of uh, sound, and can you explain a little more about the little debate that you threw on Facebook, which I think I understand, oh, if you don't mind. Yeah, where I talked about how digital recording has taken a lot of the color and shape out of music. Is that, that's what you're talking about, right? Yeah, if I could, from a complete ignoramus um, as far as re- how recording uh, the recording process works. Isn't it more like I, I know what you're talking about that like if I hear older recordings they sound more full because they're actually recorded in the studio with people together versus everybody. There, there's a lot of factors and I and, 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 and I think um some of the based on some of the feedback, some people at least thought they understood right away, but some people clearly, you know, they were, we had some, and I'm, I'm not shooting anybody down. It's just based on the conversation. Uh, I wasn't articulating my point in a way that they understood, but I'm not saying digital recording is impossible to work with. There's a lot of great, you know, re- records that have been recorded, great sounding records that have been done digitally. And, and it's not digital as a format because to what I'm saying is like, when you hear like, um, Let's just use Kiss. You can use the Beatles, any band, Led Zeppelin, whatever, right? First record, second record, third record, fourth record. I'm not talking about the sounds. I'm not even talking that much about the production quality. I'm talking about how it sounds. And and if if AM radio and FM radio don't have a really drastic sound difference to your ears, you're going to have a hard time grasping what I'm saying because... There is a lot of, like, even Jimi Hendrix used to d- describe his sound as the brown sound. I think uh, uh, Van Halen, the, he calls it blue. And, and I actually can, can visualize what they're saying. There is kind of a brownness to Hendrix's guitar tone. And, and uh, th- there's a little more fuller, kind of brighter blue co- to color to, to how Van Halen sounds. But what spawned all this was that i bought the new stone sour and it sounds fine um but it literally and and this is not the first time i've noticed this i've noticed for maybe for about 10 years but there is a consistent flatness to almost i don't know 50 to 80 percent of what's released nowadays as if there's just like a couple quick plug-in settings that they use um there's also the the fact that like you know people don't record together anymore um uh, Ken Mills, he talked. He wanted to talk to me a little bit about this. He 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 chimed in that he thinks a lot of these drums are really just programmed things that are they they pick the what they want and, and dump them in there. It doesn't have to be older records. Screw it. Take the uh, the first three Soundgarden records, or or you know go from Bad Motor Fingers, Super Unknown to Down on the Upside. All three of those records sound distinctly different from each other, and. You can listen to an MP3, and they will all. So now it's a digital format, you know. And and there might even be been some digital recording, but they all three sound different. Def Leppard Hysteria does not sound like Def Leppard Pyromania. 
Uh, but the last four or five Stone Sour records really have a lot more common sonically and, and how it sounds and, and the, the color and shape that, that forms when you listen to it as a Katy Perry record, as a, you know, a, a Taylor Swift or Beyonce, that kind of stuff. It's just there's this real flatness to it, and it's not the medium as much as what we've decided to do with it. And, and just to make things quicker, easier, cheaper, uh, I don't think we experiment. And it's kind of a bummer because as, as a musician, that's one of the funnest parts is to spend some time in the studio, is to look at the guy that you're working with. And it just seems, you know, it's like I, I remember seeing video footage of Ozzy work on his last record, and it's basically just him and Kevin Shirko in a small room somewhere in Vegas. So what you're telling me is producers these days, they have ears like a foot. <laughs> yeah, and uh, some people have a face like a foot. I think Chad Kroger, if I understand right. Is that correct? <laughs> yeah, wasn't that that whole fight between him and uh, um, Corey Taylor? Uh, that was fun, wasn't it? It was fun, and I, I still stand by my theory that it is completely put together by a PR guy because they're both on Roadrunner Records. They both have albums coming out that, that came out. Uh, in the same month, within a couple of weeks mm-hmm. of each other. And I guess he came back and say that he, uh, uh, Corey Taylor came back and said something about the fact that he, uh, Nickelback is the KFC of chicken or something like that. Yeah. And that the whole thing is actually, I guess, a stand up routine from uh, Lewis Black. Okay. And so that, that, Joey from Rock Strikes 10 said that entire thing, while funny, is exactly word for word from a, a stand-up routine comparing. I forget what the whole thing is. So I just think that's... Oh, well, Joey like, would know. Yeah, I know. You know he's, he knows everything. So the, the whole thing is, but my point is that I think it was something that both guys signed off on to go back and forth. So that like, could be. You're like, yeah, it's pretty funny. And then, then Corey Taylor had no idea that the PR guy's a lazy fuck and didn't even write his own original stuff. And he's like, Here I'm you just, go. I'm just disappointed that Nickelback didn't take my advice. Which know? was what? Go away for five years. People will miss you. You'll come back. You'll be fucking Def Leppard. No, they come know, back and they'll still say your face looks like a foot. Go away for another five <laughs> years. <laughs> I like that he said. Uh, Corey was like, I was voted sexiest man in metal twice with a mask, and you were voted ugliest twice without one. Yeah, so I think with that, we're going to play a double shot of Nickelback and Stone Sour. What do you want to pick? <laughs> uh, you know what? Uh, this is all you, buddy. <laughs> it's all me? Okay. Well, I'm going to keep it a surprise, and we're going to duel back and forth, and we'll see at the end of this double shot who really has the face like a foot. <laughs>
man so who has the face like a foot well that would be uh nickelback guy yeah do you see it i don't see the foot i think it's a funny comment but i, don't see I thought foot. it was a funny comment too but no i don't i i think uh uh i think he has more of a poodle uh look yes that, yes uh, you know, yes kind of a best in show so that was something someone that you're with followed by mission statement off of uh what the fuck was the name of that album I think audio. Yes, secrecy? audio secrecy. Audio secrecy. Yeah. 
Anyway, why don't we, why don't we talk about uh, you were the concert going, Baco, Minnesota, the center of the entire world for rock and roll. You get everything. And one of the greatest, you know, double lineups or, or whatever you want to call it, double headliner or, or co-headlining. Or, did they play the same equal time? Pretty close. It was about an hour each. Um, I think Goodbye June has more material than Bad Flower, but it was about an hour. That's a perfect pairing, by the way, if you want to put a tour together. Oh, and you, and you know how like uh, how 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 excited I get when there's no mention of any other bands, and then you show up and there's four other local bands to start your evening, and you're like, yes. oh, great. Yes. They had nobody but these two bands. Thank and God. It was glorious. That's awesome. I mean, That's it's a awesome. Tuesday night. You know, there's, there's this big movement to get shows started and over with uh, because apparently people aren't seeing live music as much. All for it. They started at 8. I was in the car before 10.30. Uh, saw two kick-ass bands. I didn't need to slug through uh, two hours of three other bands and, you know... No, that's exactly how it should be. That's that's that's, and that I mean, talk about a perfect pairing. Just two pure rock bands. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and God, those Bad Flower guys are so young, man. The singer's not old enough to drink. He had to sit in the parking lot and drink beer. So yeah, so if if you've heard this this show before, you've heard these two bands, but these are like the new new breed. These are ones that came on our radar in the last, I would say, twelve months. Does that yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah, but God, they oh, the both times I've seen them just blew me away. They're they're they're, they're really good. Um, and I would like to to make my official proclamation. I I teased it on Facebook, but Bamboozler is my official endorsed song of the summer, two thousand seventeen.
got anything else you want to talk about? Or you want to close this out? No, um, uh, the ibuprofen's wearing off, uh, so I think we're doing good. Good, good, <laughs> excellent. So I got some jerking to do, apparently. Yes, so. yes. Um, so let's uh, let's do the tagline <laughs> and, uh, and and get out of here. What do you say? Yeah, let's do it. Work's not dead. It's hiding. And you found it. Inside a sticky sock.
At Baker's, no matter where you order free pickup, you get the same great deals as you'd get in store. So you can save when you order during band practice or at the dog park or wherever. Start your cart with the Baker's app and save from wherever today. Baker's, fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum restrictions may apply. Subject to availability. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.